Welcome to Cardiology, everyone. Well, we're back for another solid, fun victory week. Thank goodness it's been a long time. I'm once again able to say I'm completely wrong and I don't know how to pick games and I'm really okay with it. Um, we are too. <laughs> yeah, we are too. Well, yeah. We got well, to see an amazing Browns win. Um, before we jump into it, though, uh, I want to make sure to call out who's joining me today. Um, we have some extra voices this time. So um, we have our good friend Sean Donovan with us. Hi, Sean. Howdy. And we also have Mr. Chris Burdett joining us. Hi, Chris. Hi there. So we get to have uh a good time talking about something positive and pleasant for a little while, which is, uh, was really <laughs> important this week. I don't know about you guys, but I was having really honestly the worst Ohio sports weekend in a long time. And I was extremely bitter and grumpy. I, I, I know I texted back and forth with you, Chris, during the Ohio state game and I just had to shut yeah. it off. I stopped watching it, which is anybody who knows me. I, I never turn off a football game and I just couldn't do it. I just had to turn it off, had to walk away. And that was just lingering with me. And I went in to this Buccaneers game with not a super great feeling, but we had some good news come out of it. So um, for anyone who's out in our listening world, who did not see what happened in the Browns game. Um, we topped Tampa Bay 23 to 17 in overtime. Uh, we were trailing by seven um, and we were actually up against a fourth and 10 with 37 seconds remaining in regulation. When we had a pass from Jacoby Brissett to the chief David Njoku in the end zone, a spectacular catch oh, yeah. that, that we are used to seeing blow up in our faces that went our way. It was really quite the athletic grab. Um, and that allowed us to go into overtime. Uh, we stopped the Patriots on their first drive um, and allowed us then to go in and take over um, and really, really rode out the play of, Two two real big players in that drive, one being Amari Cooper um, breaking out a very large 45-yard reception um, yeah. that got us down um, near the goal line. And then the other player that we just really leaned on a lot in both overtime and in the fourth quarter was Nick Chubb. And so mm -hmm. nice to see not only the win, of course, but it was nice to see Nick get the payoff there at the end. Um, after a after a long day with with a lot of carries and a lot of work done, so yeah, it was very nice because he was on my fantasy team. I still <laughs> lost, but it's not it wasn't as bad because he got that touchdown. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, mean, I was I was uh, I was just happy because you know where Tom Brady went to school. That, yeah, that's that's cool. It was so yeah, nice to see an Ohio yeah. team beat a quarterback from up there at least on one game over the weekend. Yeah, and I didn't hear the quotes from him, but apparently, I didn't hear him because I didn't want to. Um, the, right. Basically, he made a comment about how nice it was to fly into Ohio right after that game and kind of a little bit of uh, of gloat. Um, so happy to send him in his professional endeavors home with a loss. Um, so, but let's let's talk a little bit more about the specifics of this game. I think. Um, you know, I, for one, 
um, like I said, I was wrong about how we were going to come out after the last game. You know, uh, I think that our team is pretty unpredictable. Um, we, we seem to lay eggs when we shouldn't and then show up uh, when we shouldn't. Um, so <laughs> I was very happy to see that we were all right, though. I mean, uh, the whole group, you two, and along with our other friend, Gary Moore, um, we all got on uh, this podcast right at the beginning of this three-game stretch and basically said, Tampa Bay is the one. Tampa Bay is the one that you should be able to get in and be competitive for. And we had the team that probably was the team that we saw in Cincinnati show mm -hmm. up um, in Cleveland and get ready to play. Um, Sean, what are some of the things, I mean, what, what, what are some of the things you saw in that game that you gave you, uh, you know, happiness? Well, what gave me happiness, the, you know, and they've been doing it pretty much all season. They go down the field on the first drive, they score, and then they go get churros or something and come back <laughs> in the fourth quarter. And, you know, in the Bills game, it was, it was a garbage time TD. There was nothing that was going to happen there. But the fact that they were able to march it down the field in the fourth quarter, that spectacular catch um, by David Njoku, it's that's one for the ages. That might be probably one of the best catches in Cleveland history. Um, and it's I, I just I, I don't understand where they go for the middle of the game. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all I'm worried about. Um, but it's just, it, it's amazing. And my hero, Nick Chubb, he just, uh, he just passed Mike Pruitt on the all time, uh, touchdown list for the Cleveland Browns. He, uh, he got number 48. So he's number three behind Leroy Kelly and the great Jim Brown. Uh, Jim Brown's at 106. I think, I think Nick can he catch him for a while. He can catch he him. He should. Uh -huh. I mean, it, you know what? With running backs, it's all about longevity now. Um, yeah. It's in this new age. That's why guys, like, in my opinion, guys like, you know, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, the guys who have been up at the top of these lists and, and broken these records, these are guys with pretty long careers. Yeah. With the exception of Barry Sanders leaving earlier than he, we all expected him to, um, longevity really is a huge factor in this play. So, I mean, there's nothing about Nick's stats that say that he couldn't reset mm -hmm. record books. Um, you know, I just think the challenge, the challenge for him is going to be in this new age, you know, longevity and, and hanging around, you know, running backs aren't quite as valued in general as they used to be. Um, yeah. you know, even though, as we see, when they are clicking, the game is easy. Right. Right. And, but at the same token, uh, the NFL seems to have fallen out of favor of paying these guys. How about you, Chris? Are there some uh, things you saw headed out of here? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the defense played well. Uh, it was great to see Miles get after Brady. Um, I, I completely agree with the Nujoku catch. My gosh, it was an amazing catch with his left hand and his right handed. Amazing. Um, I was really happy with the coaching. Um, I was happy in the fourth quarter. We stuck with the run. Um, as much as we did, and it paid off. I like the fact that we were able to go to overtime and win it. We haven't shown that level of resiliency this year. Um, so, you know, very happy with everything. Uh, and, you know, and, but to your point, you know, it's, it's always been Jekyll and Hyde. To your point, you made a really good point, Mark, in that, you know, 
they're winning games we don't expect them to win, but we have no idea what's coming next. I know we're going to talk about that later on, but, but it, you know, what are you going to get from week to week is the question, mm-hmm. not to mention the new wrinkle coming in this week. So, but, for, I, but who couldn't be happy about last week when um, I thought it was great. Uh, and, uh, and I'm very happy that, uh, that Tom Brady came in happy and we let him fly home miserable. Yeah. Nothing's better. Yeah. Well, I, Ed, you know, to try to build off that, the defense, right? So the yep. reason that I had trouble picking them to start for this game and have been down and grumpy about our outlook has been the defense. It's been the defense and specifically the defensive line and the play and how it just seems to all go sideways. Um, I found myself during this game mostly concerned about the offense not taking advantage of all the opportunities that the defense actually did give them in this game. Um, You know, going back to what Sean said, you know, great opening drive control, take it right down. Um, But just saw as the defense stood up and kept Tampa Bay from starting to pull away from us and kept turning them away three and outs, you know, quick, quick series, the offense sputtered right at the time that they could have really just driven a nail into this game. Um, That was, that was a little concerning. However, I do agree with all of you that while it was concerning that we weren't getting the points out of it, I was very pleased with the idea that we didn't just put the running game on the shelf at any particular time in this game. I felt like we, you know, as long as we were within a score of the other team, we were going to try to run the ball. And especially you called out Chris, that fourth quarter when we traditionally have seen the Browns come out and start to get really reliant on a pass, trying to have to score quickly. We saw a lot of patience. Let's be patient. We can get our score our way. And I think, um, you know, granted, we had to have a miracle catch to really get through. I mean, that was... That that was there's nothing about that play that catch that was easy, uh, but the drive that led to it was a very uh, run specific drive. Take what the take what the defense was giving you, um, work it, grind it through, and then yeah, that that first time we possessed the ball in overtime, we went right back to it. Um, the the long pass to Cooper was completely set up by the fact that we were running the ball and we right. weren't afraid to run the ball. And Nick was getting to that point we all love when he's when he's getting right on the edge of the of his twenty carries and uh, even a little bit more. And you can see that he's not tired and everybody else is. Um, he was right. getting right into that wheelhouse, and they had to commit to stop him. And as soon as they committed to stop him, here here came Amari Cooper with a big with a big play, and then a relatively quick overtime. So um, I I would agree the coaching. I was much happier with the coaching. Um, gosh, I but I just don't know what to say um, going forward. I think that um, I I have some 
optimism, but at the same token, it's a, it's extremely tempered optimism because we really have seen two completely different teams um, play throughout this year. Um, and it's anybody's guess why we ever slip back into the, the horrible team. Yeah. Um, but, but I hope that maybe, you know, with their backs against the wall, cause they really were, I mean, um, we can sit and we can say that I, I think it's fair to say that we all know that the playoffs is a pretty incredible long shot. That said, um, any shot hinges on winning these games going forward and, oh, and yeah. winning one of those three games. It was necessary. As you look over the whole NFL. Yeah. There's some teams that are right around our, our school, our record who are in the hunt. Um, but it's, it's just, you're this, you're razor thin from being, you know, so long. See you for next year. Um, so they had their backs up against the wall. They needed to have a win, um, and they went out there and got it. Um, I think the other piece that uh, I think is really important to call out is um, what an what an incredible if if it is the last game that we see of Jacoby Brissett playing for us. Um, he really once again showed up, um, took care of the ball, kept the team moving. Um, you don't have the great Njoku catch without a ball that gets over top of everybody into the back right. end. Um, so even though it was an extremely difficult catch to make, um, it's a difficult ball to keep from getting intercepted. Um, and I just thought he Jacoby tucked it and ran when he needed to. Didn't didn't panic at any particular point in the game. I mean, there were a couple spots in the game where it looked like uh, Tampa Bay was going to get some momentum with some pressure. Um, they were their defensive line was showing up, getting some, getting through. And yeah, I feel man. like he, I feel like he really took that in stride. Yeah, the offensive line really for the first time this year scared me at how porous they were. I mean, what they had like five sacks on Jacoby mm-hmm. in the second half. You know. Um, and so that was that was kind of scary for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the the uh, probably if 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 I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking maybe of some of the negatives to take away, I I would say yeah the the inconsistency of suddenly of the offensive line was a little bit troubling. Um, you know, not that not that we have built a team that is meant to protect against a lot of passing. I mean, we basically built a an offensive line that's supposed to just grind it out and help these guys run the ball but it it just seemed like you said very porous um uh very inconsistent um you know that fourth quarter was a nail biter a lot because of how they were getting through and how they were making Jacoby's life tough and so as we continue to look as we go into the season I mean we you know we're down to now our third uh center Mm-hmm. Right. Um, definitely had a better game out of him. This one, he had a whole week to prepare than he did right. <laughs> off the bench. Um, but it's still not his natural position. Um, so they're going to have to keep backing him up, keep growing. Um, the one that the one that I just continue to keep questioning and and not sure why we're getting the 
the level of inconsistent play from um, is is Jedrick Wills. Yeah, I, like I I don't I just don't get it. I I uh, there's a lot of people um, out in Browns Nation who say, hey, um, he doesn't have any effort. He doesn't show any heart. He mm-hmm. takes plays off. But there's a huge contingent of people who say, no, that's not the case, that he's he's playing the zone blocking he's supposed to. And the way zone blocking works is sometimes the guy's not in your zone um, and he's not your responsibility. Um, but I just feel like, especially in that fourth quarter, that people were getting around the edge way too easy. Yeah. Um, and there, there were a couple times where and he's not the only one, that, you know. Whoever was responsible, they're just standing there looking at it, you know, watching them sack Jacoby. I'm like, come on. <laughs> right. These weren't, yeah, every sack was was practically uncontested. So these were guys who whoever they were lined up against, they were beating them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was challenging. I mean, I, you know, Wyatt Teller had some yeah. Uh, tough plays uh you know batonio had tough plays um you know we were we were just seeing every single one of these guys really kind of having to work super hard so that was that was a little bit alarming you know and, and to that point i mean even more credit to Brissett. um he's got a paracity in the, his offensive line um can you imagine this, the position he's been in this entire year coming in as a backup uh, knowing you only have the, you have a, a starting opportunity for a limited amount of time, he's handled it like an absolute pro. Um, I think if anybody would have told any of us at the beginning of the season he would have played as well as he had has, we would have been surprised. Um, and I, I won't be shocked if he's a starter for another team next year. Quite frankly, um, I think Brissett absolutely deserves a ton of credit for the way he's handled it and how well he has played with all those challenges, including the offensive line, you know? Yeah. 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 I think I, I, I just think Jacoby Brissett was a great find, right? I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I'd heard and even felt when we first signed him that here, we, he was a solid, he was a solid backup. Um, and a lot of what people said was Jacoby is the kind of quarterback that can come out, get you some wins um, but typically gets exposed after a while that he has a certain skill set. And when people start to scheme for that skill set, then he's got an issue. I think what we had that was positive when it was clicking is that Jacoby wasn't our primary weapon. He was never, he was never asked to go in and win a game with his arm. The, the reality is that our running game was always the primary weapon. Um, mm-hmm. And so so you discover Jacoby Brissett. All right. Well, that doesn't help you stop Nick Chubb. Um, it doesn't help you stop Kareem Hunt. Right. So I think that those those strengths allowed Brissett to be more comfortable and also, you know, to flourish a little bit better um, in this offense than we might have expected. And and I do think um, it's it's hard to overstate that that leadership that he's been providing and helping this team through the beginning. I mean, this is basically the equivalent of a lame duck president, right? 
Yeah. I mean, you mm-hmm. can, you can, you can be as charismatic as you want to be, but everybody knows you're leaving. So, <laughs> so the right. reality is that getting a lot done, getting people motivated, getting them to focus is a extremely difficult proposition. And I think, I think we saw a team that had their backs to the wall, knew they needed a win, knew they needed to change the momentum. But I also think we saw a team that, you know, I think they stood up for Jacoby. I think they knew it was his last game and they knew that he'd been giving them all he had all year and mm-hmm. and they needed to show up and give their all. So absolutely. Um, so I think that that was, that was really good to see. Um, well, it was a super good game and, and a lot of good stuff. Um, we also kind of have to maybe break down a little bit what we, what we might not have seen that was very well and what we might want to focus on. Um, and then also to talk a little bit about our game balls, who we really thought was a standout performer in this game. Um, but before we do that, we want to make sure we're going to take uh, our customary time to touch base with our sponsor. And we will see you on the other side of this commercial. Hey everybody, it's Mark from the Cardiology Podcast, and I have an important question for you. Does your garage make you happy? If your life is anything like mine, the space in your garage just goes to waste because of overwhelming and embarrassing clutter. I mean, with all the tools, the toys, the bikes, the equipment, and whenever you open that garage door, that mess just hits you right in the gut. But it doesn't have to be that way. The team at CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More wants to help you take advantage of every inch of space your garage has to offer with their full turnkey design and installation services for garage cabinets, flooring, and other storage solutions. But don't be confused. The solutions they provide are not the cookie cutter racks and plastic bins you find at all the big box stores. From showroom quality garage flooring to durable powder-coated wood garage cabinets, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More has everything you need to turn your garage into the organized space of your dreams and have every one of your neighbors green with envy. So if you're tired of the mess and ready to bring the garage of your dreams into your everyday reality, you owe it to yourself and your family to check out all of the fantastic solutions CBs has to offer. You can contact Chris Burdett and his team today by heading to their website at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com or you can give them a call at 330-542-8416. On the site, you can request a free garage makeover guide packed with all kinds of great ideas and solutions that'll spark your imagination and help you visualize all of the potential your garage has to offer. It's time to feel the joy of a garage that meets all of your functional needs and looks fantastic too. Please let Chris help you make your dreams a reality today. Call him at 330-542-8416 or check him out online at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com and let Chris help you love your garage again. Welcome back to Cardiology, everyone. So we've talked about 
a lot of the positives that we got, a lot of the good vibes that we got out of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Um, but as we said, this has been an inconsistent season. And so um, making sure that we spend some time and kind of dive into some of the things that really need to continue to improve um, in order for the Browns to make something of the remainder of this, uh, this 2022 season, um, we got to kind of jump in and look at some of those things. So um, we talked a little bit about the offensive line to end out that last segment um, and some of the issues that we were having there. What are some other key things that you guys see that we need to carry into what is essentially the Houston game and also what is essentially our second season here at the end of this one? I think for me, the main thing I want to see is consistency throughout the entire game where we've shown in the last couple of games where you start out, you have a great drive and you score and then we tend to stall and then tend to have to come back later. I would love for once us to play a complete game where we score, 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 and even put them away and continue to score. You know, um, I, I, I would love a game that's not a nail biter. That would be so refreshing, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? So nice. That's the main. Yeah, I I sent that gift to you guys, Jif uh, gift, whatever. Um, <laughs> in our text thread, you know, Fred Sanford doing the heart attack thing. <laughs> that's what it was like. Um, exactly. We were over at uh, we were over at my in laws, and I said, you know, if they win, I have to come back here next Sunday to watch the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Our, our podcast is called Cardiology, right? And it's based right. off the idea that I grew up watching the the classic cardiac kids. Um, the big difference is that that era of cardiac kids made you feel like it didn't matter. If you were within a score, you were going to find a way to win. And this version of the Browns, their nail biters, it's the opposite. It feels you get into those situations and we all feel it where we're like, how are they going to lose it this time? Right. How are they going to give this up? happen that's going to create that? So it was a pleasure to be on a positive experience with that, um, but it sure was tough on the heart uh, to sit there and and wait through that, that different thing. Um, what else? Anything else that we kind of saw? You know what? Honestly. In particular that I'm thinking about, but I want to see what you guys are saying. First. Honestly, in my opinion, I'm still not sold on Joe Woods and that defense. I don't know what it is he's doing. And I'm I gotta say, and I know we'll talk about this a little bit more. I'm scared of Damian Pierce. The Browns have a way of making running backs look really good this season. Yeah, they do. Um, but you know what? As a team, Tampa Bay only had 35 yards rushing right so that to me um or i'm sorry 96 yards rushing uh i read the i read the stat line wrong so we held the entire team to less than 100 yards so i granted they didn't have um uh what's his name Fournette. Fournette. that's it um so yeah, I'm. I don't know if a change still has to happen in the off season with Joe Woods and finding somebody else to bring them in. That's that's my that's my biggest area of concern still is that defense. 
Yeah, in an interesting way, I think that Tampa Bay fell victim to what we have been gnashing our teeth on in that game, which is an ab- abandoning the run. Um, you know, Rashad White had a very similar stat line that we've seen in the last couple of games from Nick Chubb, which was mm-hmm. at 14 carries for 64 yards, but he was averaging 4.6 yards a carry. It was just right. tough runs, right? Um, and they seemed to just completely pull off that aspect. You ended up having Tom Brady throw the ball 43 times. And where the defense was really strong um, this past time, this past week, was in the secondary. Um, Martin Emerson had a a real huge. breakout huge game um, lined, lined up um, against Mike Evans. Um, he only gave up two receptions for 31 yards um, and really played the heck out of that game. So yeah. I think I think he helped a ton in that aspect. But also, too, Denzel Ward was back. Um, he helped out as well um, on the other side because, you know, Julio Jones is no slouch um, mm-hmm. and can burn you when you're when you're not looking. Um, I thought that the big piece of the defense that was just thank goodness he's back was um jok looked healthy and ready to play he really did so and i think that that's that's just a huge piece in these next couple games um maybe not as much in houston but man when we get back into cincinnati and into baltimore again having a healthy jok playing the role that he was drafted to play and doing it at the level he's doing it uh, is just critical. And so it was nice to see that. I'm completely on board with you though, Sean. I don't know why it all worked again. Like I don't <laughs> it there there it doesn't seem like it should have. It doesn't seem like we should have had any better feelings about that defense this week than we've had other one weeks. I don't know that our defensive line really um gave us a ton beyond what we saw from Miles Garrett, which was mostly, you know, he had his half sack early mm-hmm. and then he didn't get that last big sack until the fourth quarter. It was a big moment and yeah. really needed. Um, but then, you know, the only other pressure was the other half of that first sack was uh, Jadavian Clowney. Nobody else got in there. So, um, you know, still waiting for a real defensive line play. Um, and part of me wonders, did did Tampa Bay give up on the running game and let our defensive line off the hook and play into what strengths we did have on the defense, which was it does look like the secondary is maybe shaking out what was a massive amount of rust. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know that there's a really good excuse for that, though. And and I'm with yeah. you that that I'm not I, I I would be stunned. I really don't think. um Unless, unless the defense is going to turn around here in our remaining um, six games or more, fingers crossed. But in our remaining six games, unless they're going to pitch six shutouts and we're going to see a completely different defense in the back half, I don't know how you could even stand across from uh, an ownership or, or a general manager and say, yeah, we, we don't need to make a change. And right. I think you yeah, right. absolutely have to. Yeah, I, I think I think it's coming. Um, and the question is, will again with a lame duck potential, 
of this coach. Will the defense continue to keep getting motivated and get out there and give games like this? So I, I'm with I'm with you, Sean. I'm not I'm not sold. I'm not ready to to say all our our issues are done with that defense. What about you, Chris? Anything else? No, but I do want to comment on you know Sean made a really good point about how few uh, rushing yards uh, they had, and what was really underreported was about half of those were actually Tom Brady running for his phone to check to see if uh, Giselle had called and changed her mind about the divorce. <laughs> Oh, Get out of here. Oh. <laughs> it's true. There's nothing yeah, you guys it's... love more than digging for a punchline. Uh... <laughs> Although, I gotta, I, does this mean you're on the Fire Joe Woods bandwagon, or are you just kind of hanging on to the, to the edge, to the handle? The, the, the fact that you're asking me that makes me wonder whether you bothered to listen to Gary and I last week. Um, <laughs> it, it would be fair to say. <laughs> That it was a super, uh, we've definitely flipped the switch. I don't see any reason that, like I said, I don't know why the, there's this much inconsistency. Um, You could, you could probably sell me if, if the defense continues to do well, you could probably sell me that for some reason that uh, the secondary was rusty and didn't get their stuff together right away. But we're more than halfway through the season. So yeah, the that's, idea... That's, that's coaching and prep. You're right. The coach yeah. has got to go. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't get ha- more than halfway through the season and have a motivation problem and a, and a communication problem. That's just ridiculous. And so, um, yeah, I mean, for a while there... It was tough to see. It was like, who's who's the one who's screwing this up? Because literally every time the defense would collapse, there were obvious players who weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And the question was just like, why is this? does this keep occurring? And I do think at this point, someone's got to take the fall and someone's got to take the hit. And like I said, unless the defense comes out and you somehow have shutouts the rest of the way and we're talking about some kind of Cinderella season – that gets played out. I don't see how there's even a discussion about it. I, I, I think we should be watching all of the bowl games in colleges. We should be watching all the defensive assistants for the rest of the year, who are the hot players and be thinking about how those names might fit with our defense. I, I'd be super shocked if. Or, or, if or a good coach that should have never been a head coach that gets released. Who should have, who's a great defensive mind. Yeah, um, you never know. I mean, there's a lot out there. Um, oh yeah, and and some guys who are on some perilous spots. I'm sure as as our season continues to keep going on, and we have the opportunity um, as we're looking at the back half of the season, I'm sure we'll have a lot of conversations about those type types of opportunities and and who's going to be available and what's going to be out there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just going to call out. I wasn't happy about him, and then he won me over, and now. I'm mad about him again. Our fourth round pick kicker has got to get his head out of his back end. Uh, I'm over it. Like, like, so, you know, a lot of people were talking. So um, there was an opening in, in the conversation where people were talking about, well, is this a Corey Bohorquez problem? So apparently there's a stat out there that as a holder, um, Corey Bohorquez has contributed to the worst seasons 
for a couple different kickers mm-hmm. leading into our team. So the question was, well, Lace is, is out. Yeah. Is it him? <laughs> exactly. is it him? Is he holding it wrong or whatever? But there was uh, a conversation with um, Jay Feely, who is now a um, analyst and actually will be in the booth uh, for our next game here in Houston. Um, a, an experienced NFL kicker in his own right, yeah. who said he basically poured over the tapes of every one of Cade York's misses. And he said, I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty that it's not the holder. And he said, he thinks that the main issue is Cade York's plant foot, that he's not pointed in the right direction, that his mechanics are off. Huh. All I got to say though, is you're a fourth round pick um, as a kicker. So if if it's his mechanics and his mechanics are off and some analyst can look and spend, I don't know, the better part of maybe an afternoon diagnosing the problem, what in the heck is Mike Prefer doing? Right. Right. Exactly. Like, like how are we not coaching this kid? Because you you can definitely, I, I can definitely get on board with, we've had a couple different block kicks. And in general for a kicker, Yes, a kicker can have an angle that's too low that's getting consistently blocked. But that's not traditionally Cade York. Cade York is a big leg kicker even back Mm -hmm. in college. And you don't make those big kicks by not having the right angle on the ball. So so to see that happen, you could sell me on that maybe our offensive line is not doing what it needs to do, that our special teams offensive line is a little bit in a shambles, just like some other things that we've been talking about with um, the overall offensive line. But, um, but yeah, if, if, if Jay Feely can watch tape one weekend to prep for a game and say, Hey, you know, that kid's, that kid's foot's not pointed in the right direction. He should be doing this a little bit differently. What 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 is my special teams coordinator doing? Right. I mean, well, special te- special teams has been a weakness. Oh, it's been a weakness for years, right? For years, I mean, right? We, we we drafted this kid because it was a weakness because mm-hmm. we couldn't get a kicker. But right. doesn't it make you kind of wonder? Because Chase McLaughlin's not having a horrible year. He's actually doing fairly well. <clears throat> um, he's hanging around. I mean, mm-hmm. do. And that was another young kid that we drafted. The difference is we didn't spend a fourth round pick on him. And we, when he didn't have a good year, we cut him loose. Um, so I don't think you're going to be cutting Cade York loose. So now the question becomes, uh, are we going to make that other change? Because I really do think that this is its time to address that special teams from a coaching perspective and not just a personnel perspective. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a great point. I think the other part of it too, that we've got to remember is, you know, let's not get mad at Cade. He didn't draft himself. Well, I just think that I expect you, if, if you're going to be that high a draft pick and we're going to put that much into you, I do expect a different level of play. Pay out. Yeah. Um, that said, um, I, you know, I, it's I like, it's like it. a relief, it's like a relief pitcher in baseball. Right. So, Relief pitchers, we all have seen um, one year's stud reliever turn into the next year's goat in just a heartbeat. Yeah. And you wonder what the hell happened? Did his arm fall off? What's going on? And almost always it comes down to mechanics. 
There's mm-hmm. something that they do differently. Either their arm is tired, they're hurt, they're nursing something, there's they're not standing right, something's not right, and it's throwing the whole mix off. And you know, it makes complete sense that you might look and say, hey, you know what, his plant foot's not right. And because his plant foot's not sitting right, everything else is going to get jacked up. Mm-hmm. I just expect my coach when that is when totally agree. special teams is your thing, I expect you to be like my pitching coach and call out and say, hey. This yeah. is a mechanics issue. <clears throat> Got to get this fixed. And Mike Prefer doesn't say anything like that. All all he basically says is that you know Cade York has a strong mentality. I know he's going to make these kicks eventually. He's just got to learn how to do it in the NFL. Blah 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 blah. blah. But <laughs> we're missing way too many kicks. Yeah. There is another theory I saw. Um, a friend of mine posted on Facebook. Kid York has an evil twin who comes out every other <laughs> kick. <laughs> nice. You guys just have all the jokes this week. Huh? All the jokes. All the jokes. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So enough of that. So some, some definitely some negative things that are happening that need to get sorted out and need to get fixed. But... um for our first episode of the week, you know, uh, it is our tradition to make sure that we hand out some game balls to who we consider to be our top performers. So I am going to go to Mr. Burdett on this one. Mr. Burdett, can you please share with us who you see as a real standout performer from this big game? I'm going to give it to the same person person that uh, uh, the coach gave it to, which is Jacoby Brissett, uh, without a doubt. Uh, he played a great game. I'm so happy for him uh, in terms of, you know, the ending his tenure as starter that way he did, winning in overtime. You can't write it better than that. Um, he played a great game, and uh, and he's a big, reason, part, big, big, big part of the reason we won. So it's Brissett, no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, Brissett had a, had a fantastic game. I mean – um, you know, he's never going to put up a lot of yards. Um, <laughs> that's just not his thing. Um, and to be honest, if he's putting up a lot of yards, that usually means you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he did, he did give up an interception, um, which seems to be kind of at least one random thing happening at different times. Um, you know, it's, it happens. That was end of the quarter or end of the half Hail Mary thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and and most of his interceptions this year have been that kind of thing, right? Trying to push yeah. it, mm-hmm. trying, trying to make something happen where it's just not really there. Um, so I I just think it it's funny, you know, we keep we keep kind of having these conversations about oh, it's Jacoby's last game and oh he played so well, and we're doing all these memorials to <laughs> to him. Um you know, one of the things that I just think will be interesting. So, so Jacoby has definitely played. He's he's definitely shown an ability to manage a team, right? And and to not be the hindrance to a team winning. Winning. I I just wonder why why don't we keep him? Um, why oh, why you know we we were willing to pay Case Keenum the most money to be our backup quarterback when uh we were dealing with um Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. um, we were willing we were willing to pay Case Keenum to sit on the bench we we wouldn't even bring him in to take care of an injured 
uh, Baker Mayfield. So if we're willing to spend money on the backup quarterback, why wouldn't I spend it on this guy? Um, a guy who basically showed you not only that he can be a leader when he's called upon, um, but that he is not going to, you know, literally and figuratively drop the ball. So, so I, I back you up on that one, Chris, um, Sean, I would ask you to surprise me, <laughs> but you're not going to. So go ahead. I give you two, I give you two go, guesses, go ahead, but you only need ahead, one. Give it to me, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Nicholas Jamal Chubb. 26 carries, 116 yards, one touchdown. He had a spectacular, not as good as Njoku, but a spectacular catch. He was grabbing that thing off the grass and took it for 16 yards after that. So he's having a career season right now. Um, You know, he's a third right now in rushing for the league. I I feel that he can get back up to number one and take the rushing title this year. Um, I just, he's having a killer year, man. And I'm so glad he is locked in for another couple afterwards. Yeah, we, t- we talk about it every week, right? I mean, the reality is, I, I don't think there's a week this year. There may, maybe there, there was a little stretch there of a couple games where he wasn't getting um the the yards or the carries but but the reality is every other game he's the he's the best player on the field mm-hmm. um, he just is um and i think that you know we've we've talked about it with so many superlatives before i mean he he it he personifies i think the heart and what cleveland browns fanatics like the three of us what we want our team to be yeah what we want to feel like we want to feel like it is an inevitability that we're going to just outmuscle the other team we don't care if everybody's bruised afterwards we are going to be the ones who are going to be on top of that and and i think that he he just has a demeanor um i think that there are plenty of times this year where when you stick a mic in front of Nick Chubb, if he really wanted to go off on this team, um, he not only could, he'd be justified. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think anybody would, would bat an eye. That being said, it's so obviously not his gig to blame anybody, to focus on anybody but himself. Um, and, and I think that he continues, he continues to be there when we need him. Um, you know, he's he, he in a really great season. Um, it is it's going to be interesting. I mean, the yeah, you mentioned the rushing title. Um, you know, I think it's possible. Um, you know, the number one equation part of that equation is how dedicated are we gonna be to the run? Right. Um we we better be. Yeah, we should be. And if we are and we get back to the running that was happening at the beginning of the season. I mean, you've got Houston, um, who's not doing very well in anything right now. Right. We know that Nick can run on Cincinnati. We've seen uh-huh. it multiple years and multiple times. Baltimore, um, that's going to be probably the toughest of the upcoming games um, because Baltimore actually has 
the personnel to to really target him if they want to. Um, mm. Patrick Queen is a very um, he's a very physical version of JOK. Probably yeah. doesn't have quite the level of speed um, coverage ability that JOK has, but man, he packs a wall up when he's yeah, he hitting. Does. He gets in there. Um, New Orleans, uh, they're they're another Jekyll and Hyde team. So, um, but they, you know, it'll be interesting to see when we get to them. Um, Washington, I, I think that has everything to do with what Week 17 is like. Whether they've cashed in their chips, they, you know, every time they take one step forward, they take two steps back. So it, it, that's it's tough for them. Um, and then we finish out with Pittsburgh, which we've seen it's not the same Pittsburgh. Um, right. They they are experiencing a a rough patch. Uh, they had a good game on Monday night. They they toughed they it out and pulled out the win. Uh, I was not super pleased with that, but um, but they are resilient. So the question will just be, what can Mike Tomlin get to stop Chubb? But you know, I I do think it's possible. Um, it's going to have everything to do with our commitment and how how the rest of um, our new look offense looks. Um, I am uh wait 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 let me guess let me guess the rally skunk <laughs> no. yes no <laughs> interesting I I I I heard about the skunk running around um but I didn't hear about it spraying anybody I didn't so, hear that either so I wonder if someone decided to have a nice uh, an even better prank and bring one of their pet skunks that had been like you know, you can be must or whatever, yeah. Musk or whatever, and decided to have some fun with some people. Um, no, if I would if I was gonna go with outside things, it sure wouldn't be the skunk, it would be the guy who turfed the field um <laughs> that that ended up causing uh, a trip of of a defensive back on uh the 45 yard pass to Amari <laughs> Cooper. Um is it true that was Gary? No, there's no <laughs> truth. There's no truth to that rumor. Um, but yeah, that that was something else too. Um, I actually, you know, I'm gonna go with Martin Emerson. Nice. Um, I think that the rookie put in um a breakout game. I really do. Um, and you know, I I will continue to die on the hill that he wasn't necessarily what we needed to draft. But thank goodness he was still a great player. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he he really is a big physical cornerback. And he plays cornerback the way that you want, which is an incredibly short memory. I mean, you know, he may give up a pass play here, but he is in to win every single rep. And he really went after Mike Evans um, you know, he got away with a little stuff, but I also think he got a little respect in some of those calls. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I just think he turned in a really excellent game. I mean, we are talking about the fact that Martin Emerson covered their number one receiver the whole game. Mm -hmm. We had Denzel Ward out there on the field. So good you know, point. Tamp Tampa Bay lined up to take advantage of Martin Emerson. And it wasn't happening. Right. He was there. He was ready. Um, and and it, it was huge because as we saw with the, with the number of attempts, the Buccaneers kept trying. 43 attempts. They were trying to get it to him. Uh, they targeted 
Mike Evans nine times and he got two receptions. Um, the higher Chris Godwin, who was being covered by uh, our platoon of other cornerbacks, had 13 targets and 12 receptions. Hmm, so wow. He, he, he had the stat line. Chris Godwin had 110 yards and a touchdown, but that didn't come on Martin Emerson's watch. That came on some right. other guys. Um, right. So uh, I really felt like this was a really big breakout game for him. Uh, I saw on, um, I don't know if you guys ever see Brian Baldinger, um, who does some NFL analysis. Um, I, I honestly don't know which channel he's on anymore. Um, but what I will say is he came out and basically called out and said, Martin Emerson had the best game of any cornerback this year that it was that much of a shutdown effort. And so I, I applaud that. I'm glad to see that, hey, somehow, somebody, whether they're just flat out skilled or getting some kind of coaching, something's sticking for that rookie. So that was great to see. Yep. Good All call, right, Mark. fellas. Uh, what, was that Chris? I just said good call, Mark. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, fellas, I think that we have probably basked in the sun of this nice victory about oh. as much as we can uh, for this episode. Um, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to come spend with me. Um, enjoy a, a really cool victory week. Um, but as is with the Browns, there is always change. There is always something coming. Um, and we definitely have a ton to talk about later this week. Um, we have a whole new quarterback coming in a whole new set of circumstances and a lot of key games coming up. Um, so when we get together for our next podcast episode, we will dive into um, this matchup where we are going to be flying down to Houston to take on the Texans and what that all entails. Um, so Sean, thanks for joining this week. Thanks for having me. And Chris, thank you as well. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, I'm I'm going to see you guys for the for our next episode this week, right? Sure, yeah, I'll be there. Excellent. Yeah, man. Okay. All right. So we will see all of you out there in the internet world of streaming and everything. We will see you all later this week with our breakdown of the Houston game. Um, until then, thank you very much for spending your time with us. As always, you can find us on our webpage at www.cardiology, that's with a K, CLE, C-L-E, dot com. Um, or you can check us out on your favorite streaming services. We are on um, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, we, we love to hear from you. So please keep listening to us. We will keep talking no matter what. Um, so we might as well you know, have a couple of random fans. Wouldn't be so bad. Um, but uh, thanks for spending your time with us um, and we hope to see you soon. And so I need to hear a real dog pound. We're, we're, we're traditionally weak on this and I, we are, I take this on me too. What's this not, stuff? I'm not very good at this. Oh, please, Sean, go back and listen to yourself. There's nobody, <laughs> there's nobody on this podcast who's very good at spontaneously pretending to be in the dog pound. It's not really <laughs> the strength of the team. But, but we had a big win. We're going to suck it up. We're going to all do this together. All right. So all right. let's hear it. 
All right. First, for everyone out there, let's go, Browns. All right. That was much better. All right. Take it easy, everybody. We'll talk to you later this week.